Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Sales is King. This is Dan Sixsmith. Glad to be with you again. And we've got an extra special uh, episode today. We've got a great interview with Mario Martinez Jr., who is the CEO and founder of an insanely exceptional company called Vengresso, which is a digital sales transformation company. And Mario and I met several weeks back at a phenomenal event, the Sales Enablement Society uh, conference. And Mario actually ran the whole conference and was the MC, and he did a spectacular job. And I'm thrilled to have him on our show today. Mario, welcome. Dan, thank you so much for having my friend, and thanks for that awesome introduction. I can't say I ran the whole show at Sales Enablement Society, but I was the MC, and I had a lot of fun, and there was a, a lot of stuff that we did. But it was great meeting. I'm glad we, we connected here for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, so, you know, what we like to do uh, on the podcast is we usually bring on thought leaders and subject matter experts, because certainly selling today is going through a huge transformation. And it really all started with the buyer, right? So, you know, we've been hearing for years that buyers have changed and buyers are more empowered and buyers are bringing in sellers later. Um, so um, what we're really working on, and I know what you're working on, is really how to empower and equip a modern seller to really go and, you know, be able to sell appropriately to the modern buyer. So tell us a little bit about how you're doing that. Tell us a little bit about Vengresso and we'll kind of, uh, you know, dive a little bit deeper as we go further. Yeah, thanks, appreciate that. So in a nutshell, Vengresso brings together uh, some of the most well-known and sought out uh, digital sales, social selling and content marketing influencers into and under one umbrella. And it's essentially, you know, as I, I looked at the marketplace, I was a corporate guy. I came into this space. I, I launched a quote unquote social selling program um, when I was in the seat as a VP of sales. And I looked at this space after I got into it and I said, look, there's got to be a different way to do business. Uh, we can't be a soloist and not have scale and not have leverage. And obviously as a corporate thinker, I was like big business, right? How do we make this big? So I put a plan together that brought in um, six of the largest, most well-known names. And we're not stopping there, that's for sure. So you're gonna hear some really great things happening in the coming weeks and months about uh, new additions to our family. But the reality is, is if you brought everybody together, you could bring uh, a mind meld, if you would, to that would really focus in on helping organizations solve a very fundamental basic problem. And that is today, most organizations are utilizing traditional sales methodologies to reach today's buyer. That is email and the phone. And the reality is, is that those methodologies, while still effective, are not as effective as they once were. And what's, what's happening is, is about 90% of the target market that you're trying to go after are not responding to the phone call or to the email. And in fact, it's oftentimes even lower. So if you think about this from a pure sales and marketing perspective, if you went into the CEO and said, hey, we're doing really, really awesome. We get three out of 100 um, appointments booked for every person that we call. That's a 3%. Or what if we said we got 10 out of 100, right? Let's triple that, 10 out of 100. Most sales are gonna be like, yes, yes, that's really good, right? But the reality is if you take a step back and say, well, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that we're not reaching 90%, 90% of our buyers? What's the strategy, Mr. VP or Mrs. VP of sales or Mrs. VP of marketing or Mr. VP of marketing? What's the strategy to reach the other 90%? 
that you're not able to reach through traditional methodologies. And that's where the digital sales transformation play uh, comes in. It's really teaching sales organizations and marketing organizations how to leverage multiple items. And there's five steps to digital, to the digital branding component or excuse not digital branding. There's five steps to digital sales transformation, excuse me, mm -hmm. uh, that we go through to help an organization achieve reaching that other 90% or at least making a small dent. Does that answer your question, yeah. Dan? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it, it really is. And, and we know we see it quite a bit. Um, you know, we've learned a certain way to sell over the years and we just keep kind of going with it. And, you know, suddenly, as you say, the, the, these, these same methodologies just don't work as well. So, you know, I know there's a lot of different methodologies out there, but it sounds to me like what's different about Vingresso is a couple of different things. First and foremost, you understand the entire buyer's journey. So, um, you know, it's important today if you're going to transform sales that you certainly understand the marketing element of it as well. Um, in addition, it looks like you're very involved in helping the salespeople execute it, not only execute it, but then continue learning on an ongoing basis. So tell us a little bit about that and how that works with your platform and some of the, some of the uh, modules, et cetera. Yeah, so that's a great question. And I, I don't want to under, un, undervalue the fact that it's marketing as well, right? Because if you think about um, digital sales, digital sales transformation, there's really five components to that. Number one is it's all about branding. It's, it's transforming the brand of a modern seller to attract today's modern buyer. What the heck do I mean by brand? Well, here's the reality. The reality is, is that if, 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 a, if you engage with a buyer today, if there's any level of remote interest in what you have to say, they are going to look you up. Either they're going to go to the company site or they're going to go to your personal uh, social profiles to determine, are you somebody that they should probably work with, right? And the question you have to ask yourself is, is when they come to your social profile, do they look at a resume or are they looking at a buyer's resource page? If they're looking at a buyer's resource page, fantastic. But 98% of most sales reps do not have a buyer's resource page, which is why we work with marketing to be able to help to define the buyer persona, define the right type of content that should be included, and define the messaging that we want to bring, bring in our, and attract our targeted buyers to a salesperson's profile. So that's step number one. Step number two that we take people through uh, in our sales training program is all about teaching a, a representative, uh, a salesperson, how to engage correctly. Now, oftentimes people hear this word digital and they think, oh, social networks. Well, social networks is not digital selling. That's a component of digital selling, right? Digital selling includes many different components, but the, the main areas that we're gonna focus in on are the ability to be able to leverage social to both pull somebody in and to push out content and engage somebody back, right? We're going to look at video, right? How to engage with video. Oftentimes, we can pull somebody in with a video through platforms like email, platforms like LinkedIn messaging, platforms like um, uh, social networks, right, where you're sharing particular social content. Um, and then there's other elements like social engagement, where if you've engaged with something, then I can engage with you. Um, text messaging is a digital platform. And while we would never text message somebody without actually having been given their phone number, the reality is, is when you give me that phone number, you give me the right to call, you give me the right to text. So think of um, texting, uh, emailing, video messaging, uh, LinkedIn message, and social engagement as the things that we help cover in terms of our engagement strategy. Once you've, once you've learned to engage with somebody, 
and you have some sort of engagement going back and forth. Now you got to connect with that individual. And the idea of a connection is to create more conversations. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is not every person that you connect with will actually result in a conversation. In fact, I don't have any stats around this, but we generally see around 30% may convert to a conversation. Could be a little higher, could be a little bit lower. So that means anywhere between 60 to 70% of people are entering into your network, right? Uh, but not necessarily entering into conversation. That's that fourth step of the modules that we teach, which is about uh, learning how to feed and nurture your network. Now, what do I mean by feed and nurture? Well, exactly as I said, if somebody comes into your network, you now have the ability to be able to drip them content through social networks, as an example, um, to help them see material that may help them on the journey to solve a specific business problem, which is why this other element is so important when it comes to the content side or comes to the feeding, nurturing side, is that you gotta have the right content. Mm -hmm. And that content's gotta be right mapped to uh, the buyer's journey. And that's where we help as well on the marketing side is that's really a line of the sales and marketing together is helping to provide that. So those are the four steps. The fifth element is what I call convert and sell. Uh, and, the, and the convert and sell comp component is, is at least getting somebody to a conversation, a live conversation, phone, face-to-face, -face, virtual, however way you decide. And, and that's really important as that fifth element of digital selling. And that's what measures really how productive or how great you are uh, is how many conversations are you driving. So those are the, the five areas that we focus on. And those are the five areas that anybody who's listening, I would say, is you know, really think through what am I doing for my brand? What am I doing for my engagement, my connection, my feeding and nurturing strategy, and how many of, of everything that I'm doing is actually converting into a conversation? Yeah, it's so true, you know, and it's, uh, when you hear this, it's like marketers need to be salespeople and salespeople need to be marketers and marketers need to understand selling and vice versa. It's just you cannot have these two distinct camps anymore. But, you know, the thing that kind of comes into mind is that, you know, we have so much information about prospects and about customers that they're out sharing, you know, and, and the research component to me is just critical, right? You can go on to the search engines, you can go on to the social sites, and you can go follow the company, follow the individuals, see what they're sharing, and then, you know, tailor your message to, you know, what are the issues that they're wrestling with? How can I help solve them? And then kind of form um, a, a relationship. The, part, the second part of that, which you talked about, is there are so many different channels today where customers prefer to engage, right? You've got video. Some people, and we just, there was just a, a LinkedIn thread this week that went back and forth with a zillion comments. Um, I think you might have even been on it. Somebody said, I don't like LinkedIn video, and uh, I prefer to read articles. And it was like a, you know, typhoon of, you know, comments, but it's so true. Some people like to read articles. Some people prefer a text on their phone. Others like video. So you've got to be literally all over the place, engaging in those different channels with different mediums um, so that you can hopefully, you know, catch that prospect and, and, and be in those different places. So give us an example of, um, you know, perhaps how you guys, uh, you know, engage and kind of put this into practice from, from an execution perspective? Do you go in, um, you know, you meet with the, the teams and then you kind of do an assessment and then you kind of prescribe based on their level of proficiency? Um, how does that kind of work? 
Yeah, we definitely do uh, what's called benchmark assessments. And those benchmark assessments will help the sales team, the sales leader understand how the sales team is are utilizing or not uh, the different methodologies that you mentioned, which I like to call the omni-channel, right? So, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of sales folks out there that say, just pick up the dang phone, right? And just like a lot of sales leaders, pick up the phone and call someone. Well, no, that's not necessarily the right solution, right? Well, just email them. Well, that's not necessarily the right solution. Well, you know, ping them on LinkedIn, send them a LinkedIn in-mail. No, that's not, that's not necessarily the right solution, right? Um, and it's really this omni-channel approach to helping sales organizations win and helping marketing organizations really hone in on how they're best supporting um, salespeople. What do I mean by that? So you ask like, you know, what do we do? Well, benchmark assessments, absolutely, right? But one of the things, it was interesting, um, I, I was on a call this, this morning, as a matter of fact, and it was a prospecting call with the vice president of sales and marketing for a very large organization with over 18,000 um, uh, um, uh, sales uh, and, I mean, it was employees, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And um, my rule of thumb is, is I like to have at least 30 minutes of prep, right? If I can do 30 minutes of prep, especially with a high-level executive, then um, I could um, uh, have some really great talking points. However, time is of the essence, and I only had 15 minutes to prepare, right? So that, I'm not saying that's the best practice because it's not, but I had 15 minutes to prepare. But I knew exactly what I was going to do in order to be able to have the conversation that I wanted to have. And um, we talk about this a lot in our, in our training programs, which is doing, implementing the um, uh, research three by three, three things in three minutes, right? Worst case scenario, if anybody's listening, if you do nothing else before you ever walk into a meeting, you better have done at least the three by three. Find three things in three minutes about this individual that you can use in either creating and building a relationship, right? The icebreaker, understanding a business pain or problem, or moving the discussion to the next step, which is maybe it's a second meeting um, with a higher level individual. And so in this case, I had 15 minutes to prepare. And interestingly enough, um, I did some real quick research. First, how many employees do they have? Second, let me take a look at their social channels. Let's find out if culturally they truly understood how to be able to engage through social. Now, believe it or not, this company um, produces uh, large pieces of equipment that are used out on the, in the construction sites for these large commercial buildings, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe how socially active this company was. It was massive, but their buyers, technically speaking, their buyers are people that everybody would say, quote unquote, aren't on social. Yet they had 35,000 people following them on their LinkedIn page, 2,600 followers on their YouTube page, thousands of Twitter followers, thousands of Instagram followers. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. Their channel is active. Otherwise, they wouldn't have that many followers, right? To a, to a, a segment they say, are not engaged. Now, fortunately, this leader knew that. But what was interesting, as I said, you know, here's a search I just did, pulled up your entire sales organization, ran a filter, said I want everybody in sales. Um, and did you know, Mr. Customer, that these first three people that I pulled up are your sales team? And that person number one, I just wanna let you know he's looking for a job. He's like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, yeah, look on his LinkedIn profile. He actually has his resume as, as, as his multimedia in his summary. And he was like, oh man, that's a good one. I can't believe that he, <laughs> and I was like, so either he's looking for it, he's like, no, he's one of our top producers. I'm like, so that's what a buyer sees. Oh, you want me to buy from you, but yet you're looking for a job. And the light bulb clicked. He was like, that's, that's brilliant, right? You gotta fix that branding problem. The second one uh, um, that I showed him uh, actually had um, some great content uh, on his profile and it was all about him as a salesperson being a top search engine optimization expert and digital marketing um, uh, person. Now, wait a minute. 
you sell large pieces of equipment to construction, but yet you're a search engine optimization expert? I'm confused at the messaging, right? So as we started going to do this, he thought, oh my God, like what, wait, what does our brand say, right? So, so that's the reality is, is like just making sure that we have the right types of brand that we're displaying to our customers. But in return, as we go out and do research, this is the type of research that we can find out about a particular buyer, right? Maybe they're not necessarily looking for a new job, but you can find out details about them, about their expertise, about their passions, about their loves, right? And incorporate that. The other thing you talked, um, I, we, we talked about is this multi-channel uh, approach to selling. Mm -hmm. And I would argue, Dan, that our job as salespeople have, has gotten more complex in the last two years than any of my 21 years of selling experience. Yep. And I've got the gray hair to prove it, right? The gray hair. I even, I even got gray chest hair now. <laughs> Hopefully your listeners aren't being turned off by that. But anyways, my point is, is that we, 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 this, this multi-channel, omni-channel approach is very difficult. And so I've come up with this concept called rule of 10. And if you're taking notes or not taking notes, get, grab your piece of paper because you're going to run and write this down. This is the rule of 10, right? Um, a lot of sales leaders have always said, you know, go pound the phone, make 60 calls a day, 100 calls a day, whatever it may be, right? I say that that's baloney. That's malarkey. Mm -hmm. Our job has gotten much more complex. And as a result of becoming much more complex, you cannot prospect every day. Or if you do, you need to make it a smaller amount of prospecting. Because of the very reason that you just gave, which is finding out information of what's something pertinent or applicable to an individual, right? But you also have to think through, if I'm calling on you, Dan, and I've already left you a voicemail three times, is 10, 15 more voicemails going to be effective? Or could I change it up to say, huh, Dan's actually socially active. Maybe I can interact with him on social and actually solicit an, an engagement. Or maybe I can send him a video message. And that's the rule of 10. The rule of 10 basically says, I want you to do 10 um, activities times six different elements per day. Now, what is that? 10 emails, 10 texts, 10 voicemails, 10 video calls, 10 LinkedIn messages, and 10 social engagements. Now, if you did that, each one of those, uh, for 10 times each of those categories, that's 60 different potential outreaches you could have created in a day. Now, what do you do on the off day? By the way, you do that for 10 days only, 10 days only, 10 days only. So at the end of the day, it's 10 times six times 10, which is basically 600 people that you're gonna potentially prospect to. 600 people. And I just gave you a way that most people hate the cold call, uh, not only receiving it, but actually getting it. So I gave you alternative ways to be able to reach out to somebody. But the key here is, is if I called you today, Dan, I should video message you in two days from now. I should then LinkedIn message you in three days from now. I should then text you in, in, in another three more days after that, right? Whatever the cadence is that you've built up. Mm -hmm. And it's really understanding what is going to trigger and solicit a response from Dan. If Dan responds to the video message, because, oh, by the way, no one's ever sent him a video message before on all my, uh, all of his, all of my competitors have never sent one and he's never actually received one, it's going to be unique and different. If he responds to that, I better darn well record that inside my CRM system so I know how I can get Dan's attention. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So no, that really comes into that omni-channel. They're using that research, using that research to be able to figure out what's the right path to take. Then I take the path and, oh, by the way, 
it's as good of a guess as it is a, as, a, as a cold call. If I can't get you on the phone, I better darn well try another um, uh, approach to the using the multi, multi-channel or omni-channel approach. Yeah, I think that is so critical. And then you also hit on another, um, you know, interesting piece there, which is, you know, delivering value each time. It's not about just hammering them with, hey, I want to meet or, hey, let's, you know, follow up and just, you know, just just beating on them. It, it's got to be value. So, you know, you're using your research um, to talk about something or to, you know, to find something that might be a commonality or just to develop a relationship. And, and that's one of the things that I see that, you know, the, the modern sales teams need to, to remember this, that it's, it's, it's so important to deliver value in every interaction. Um, and that will have a, a better, right, uh, Mario? Yeah, a g- great point is, is um, whenever I send a video message, we utilize a tool called OneMob. And uh, there's, there's a number of them out there. We settled on OneMob as the best tool out there for using video. Um, but here's why. Because it allows you to be able to develop a sales page, right? A sales landing page. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a video. And every video that I send you, I'm going to provide valuable content. And one of the most valuable pieces of content that we provide free of charge is a 33-minute webinar that takes you through six digital selling strategies that um, you can learn and imp- begin implementing right now for your own sales practices. Now, we've, we've actually used that for the last four months, and that particular video has over a 1,000 views, right? So every single time someone connects with me, I'm going to send them something of value, and it may be, as an example, that particular webinar, where I'm driving them to something of value, and they appreciate the engagement because now they've got something out of me that was of value to them. And that's really critical that as salespeople, when you're engaging, you should be looking at your company's YouTube channel. You should be looking at your company's eBooks and white papers. And if they, if you do not have any ungated assets for marketing, you march right into your CMO's office or head of marketing or whoever it is, and you say, Mr. or Mrs. CMO, you need to give me an ungated asset. That is going to be a value. And you turn around and you use that ungated asset uh, to be able to engage with your particular buyers because you know generally what the business problems that you're trying to solve based upon the service or the application that you're trying to sell. So freaking get a good ebook, get a good white paper, get a good webinar, and you rotate those assets to be able to bring people into um, the content that allows them to help help them on the buyer's journey of finding content that solves a business problem. Yep. So in, in all of your um, dealings today, you know, you're working with a lot of different teams and sales individuals, roughly what percent of sellers do you think have it or, or get it or are, are doing it or out there leading? You know, do you have a sense of, is that a very small percentage? Is it, um, you know, 50% of everyone, 30%, what roughly would you say? You know, there was actually a statistic and I cannot remember off the top of my head where it came from that showcased uh, the percentage of sellers that are actually leveraging digital channels to engage with their buyers. So I'm going to use a guess and this guess could be wrong, but I know there is one out there and we recently ran across and I thought, oh, this is very interesting. Um, it, most listeners to this podcast, especially leaders, might say, oh, no, my, my guys are using LinkedIn. They're using LinkedIn to research. 
that is not digital sales, <laughs> right? They are researching and then they're spraying and praying with in-mails hoping that they get a, the same garbage uh, email that they're using to try to get a response from somebody's the same email that they're putting in in-mail hoping to get into someone's box and hoping for a different response. That's not using digital selling. And in fact, LinkedIn itself is not digital selling. It's a component, mind you, a big component, but it's, it's not the biggest thing. So if you're thinking, I've got this nailed, my team knows how to use LinkedIn, they don't. Uh, I can assure you of that, that they're using it potentially just for research, and even then, they're not using the research effectively, right? Mm. But I'm pretty positive, going off a guess here, that the statistic was less than 20% of sales teams are actually utilizing any of these types of channels. Now, what we've seen is, is far less than that, the example I gave you this morning with a thousand sales reps, 1,000 sales reps worldwide, 7.9% of their sales teams actually posted something in the last 30 days. That's 79 out of a thousand sales reps. Wow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 79, that means that the other 900 and some odd change could be reaching their targeted market and they're not. Now, if you, if you drill down one more example, in that example I was giving you, out of those um, uh, 79, I'm sorry, out of, the, out of those 1,000, segment it to just those in the United States that were sales people only, no biz dev, no SDR, just sales people only. There was 300 and I think, uh, I'm working, uh, 379 I think it was, okay. or 300 something. 4.5 percent of those US based reps were actually engaging with content online 4.5 out of 300 that is that is and that's what we consistently see is usually less than 10% of people engaging with content if you aren't using content to get you where you need to go shame on you and the reason why i say that is because we know with 100% certainty from a content perspective, content is king. Marketers are utilizing content like there's no tomorrow. In fact, here's a great stat for you. Uh, and this is for the salesperson to think about. Google, Google's number of index pages has grown from 1 trillion to more than 30 trillion in the last seven years alone. The content marketing industry is a 10 to 12 billion dollar industry. Why? Because our buyers are seeking out content and marketers are trying to give it to them. So salespeople are listening, you better darn well start giving them content. Yeah, it, it's so, you know, it, it just, it's, it's now a requirement, you know, for sellers. It's, it used to be in the early days, oh, you know, I've got a profile and I'm on social and I'm doing this. To me, Mario, it's an absolute requirement today that salespeople have to have an engaging profile. Um, they have to be engaging with content. And that's the whole thing we talked about with value. That's delivering value in an engagement, uh, a white paper, a webinar, um, a video, something that's going to deliver value um, to the prospect. Now, yeah, I know, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. I, I was going to say, and, 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 and don't just make it a generic, like, hey, I thought this white paper might be a value to you. If you know you're selling to, I don't know, the VP of engineering as an example, right? And a VP of engineering, and you've got a white paper, then you direct them say, you know, uh, you, sh you should have read that piece of white paper, uh, that the content inside there, 
And generally, your marketing team should have said, hey, on page three is a great one for VPs of, of engineering. Uh, on page 10 is a great infographic that could be used for directors and managers and line managers, whatever, right? They should be segmenting this content for you. And if they're not, you go pound on their door and say, segment it for me, right? Help me understand, right? And read it. But when you send that message out to VP of, of engineering, you say, Mrs. VP of engineering, Here's a white paper that a lot of our, your fellow peers have been downloading, and I thought you might want it. Um, and I'll go to page 10, and if you look at paragraph two, you'll notice something about blah, 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 right? And you add in the color. When you add that type of context to the content that you're sharing, that's a money ticket right there for, for most of the leaders. And they'll gauge with you um, very often. No, that's huge. And, you know, it did the, the, the word that pops into my mind, of course, is personalization. And we hear it so much, both in marketing and sales, personalizing. If you're not personalizing to the audience, to the role, to the industry, to the problem, it's going to be going on deaf ears, uh, yeah. more than likely. So in our last few minutes, let's discuss, because I know, you know, so we put this into practice. And then how do you continue to stay and make sure that the sales teams are doing this, that they're being measured properly, um, that the managers are actually getting it. Is there a kind of a, a platform or how do they keep themselves sharp and how do they kind of measure themselves? So um, there's a couple ways to do this. First of all, um, as part of a leadership practice, you should definitely um, implement in your coaching modeling um, the 30 minute a day rule. Um, at a very base minimum, right? I like to say the 30, 30, 30, right? 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, 30 minutes in the evening, right? And what are you going to do in those 30 minutes? Well, the first 30 minutes is going to be figuring out, prepping for your day uh, and figuring out um, who are you meeting with and doing that research so you have some constructive ideas, making notes of what it is that you want to talk about. Now, during the daytime, you're going to be looking for content that you could actually leverage to be able to engage with your particular targeted audience. And then 30 minutes in the evening is going to be uh, prepping yourselves, uh, yourself for the target companies that you want to go after, right? And, 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 or maybe, maybe you're working on national accounts. Uh, maybe you're an account manager and you have a set base of accounts. Well, who else do you need to go infiltrate, right? To spread deep, far, and wide, uh, whatever terminology you want to use. And you want to implement that 30, 30, 30, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, and 30 minutes in the morning, noon, and, and, and evening. And um, for the sales leader that says, I don't believe that this really works, okay? At least get your folks doing it after hours, right? And, and have them spend their time. For the sales rep who says, I'm not allowed to do it, well, you have after hours and every single one of us who is a successful in sales never worked an eight hour day in selling. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't happen, right? So, so guess what we did in the evening? We prepped for the following day's phone calls. Guess what we did in the evening? We did pre-call plans. Guess what we did in the evening? We sent those pre-call plans to our sales managers and asked them to be able to do a once-over to make sure that we were doing the, asking the right questions or had the right objective for the meeting. Do those pre-call plans and use digital as a way to be able to learn information. But not only that, take one of those 30-minute blocks in the evening. I've got right now, I've got seven uh, video pieces that I have to create for seven different prospects that I've just engaged with, right? Mm -hmm. It takes time. So I have to think about, 
I'm going to say something in less than two minutes. What the heck am I going to say, right? Or maybe it's a one minute long. But then on top of that, I've got to provide the right type of content that's going to map to the discussion that we had. That takes time. And most of our salespeople want to do the slam bam, get it in and get it out. No. Yeah. Digital personalization is where it counts. And if you don't believe me, just look at, as an example, the companies that are doing it and doing it well, right? Think of Blockbuster. Blockbuster, as an example, was a household name everybody knew, loved, and appreciated. We all knew our local Blockbuster on the corner, right? We all rented videos, but they went down in flames because they did not respond to the buyer's demand. What was the demand? Don't charge me any late fees and let me keep that video as long as I want. Yep. Guess what? Netflix said, we can solve that problem by streaming, right? Look at the retail stores, Sears, Macy's, and you name it, the other retail organizations that have gone out of business, Montgomery Wards, Mervins, right? These are household names that uh, maybe millennials don't know, but all of us know. Sure. They went bye-bye because of, of uh, Amazon, as an example, bringing to market the ability to be able to buy directly from wherever I wanted to buy, when I wanted to buy. And had Sears responded correctly, and just, in fact, I just saw this as, the, as, an, uh, as a news article, 2018 plans for Sears is to really drum up their online business. <laughs> and I thought, that poor company. <laughs> it's 2018. You should have did that 2015. You're gone. You're yeah. gone. So, so we as salespeople don't want to become obsolete because of the way the buyers are demanding us to change the way we engage. And, oh, by the way, the younger generation understands how to utilize these tools. And so there's two ways that we can become obsolete. Yeah, I tell you, it's, uh, it's so true. And I use those examples because not only can companies, so there's two ways, right? You're either transformed or you're disrupted. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so, you know, the Sears and all those companies, Blockbuster, the Sports Authority have all been disrupted because they were not transformed. And now salespeople, and, you know, individual salespeople face the same crossroads we had Forrester come out and say a million B2B sales jobs are going to be gone by 2020. So there is such a, it's such an important time to be in sales, but it's such a huge opportunity because I think the, the teams that get it, the individuals that get it are going to just, you know, soar. And the others are going to still be banging their heads off the wall with the old tried and true, you know, email, cold calling and, you know, mass emailing and all that crap. So um, I yeah. think the opportunity for you, Mario, and, and Vingresso is absolutely tremendous. Um, so in the last few seconds, tell the folks uh, how they find you, how they follow you, uh, how to get in touch with you, and, and, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a personalized connection request. I'll be happy to, uh, to, to uh, connect you on LinkedIn or follow me on LinkedIn. My Twitter handle is at M underscore 3 J R and feel free to visit Vengresso, V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O.com. Fantastic. Mario Martinez, Jr., CEO and founder of Vengresso. Thanks so much for joining us. Hang on one second. We're going to just uh, end our program. This is Dan signing off. See you next time on Sales is King.
radio yours. I'm trying to get to sleep.